0: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmaster radio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmaster radio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Web College.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 28th of June, 2012. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And we have an interesting show to you, for you today, uh, kind of titling this one, Ever Want to Talk to a Guy Who Makes Search Engines? Coming up on Webcology, we have Gabrielle Weinberg, founder of search engine DuckDuckGo. That's going to be an interesting conversation. Dave, you landed this interview. Um well done, dude. Yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting one, and it was just one of those,
2: you know. I mean, you and I'm sure you are. I'm sure lots of our listeners are. You end up on um, sort of beta lists and notification lists of when new features are coming out, and, and of course, uh, search engine stuff that relates to me. And they just sent an email not- you know, asking for, you know, what do you think of some of the new features? I was like, hey, you know what? why don't I actually talk to the person about the new features? <laughs> so blasted off a quick email and, uh, and, and he was, right. it, was it was great. He responded back within a few minutes and, uh, had a, had a couple quick chats via email and, uh, you know, as, as you and I find uh, when we talk too much before the show, and, and so I, I didn't cause, the, cause myself the same problem, is when you talk too much in advance, you end up answering all your own questions, and then you forget to ask them because you already know the answers. Uh, um, so I was like, okay, after a couple of emails, I was gonna, we'll just bring you on the show. I'm just going to stop now because I know you have a lot of questions. I have some questions. Always great to talk to somebody who builds a search engine. Um, so let me not get all the information in advance of all, all or all the answers in advance I have the questions for, because then I'm going to forget that it's an important thing to ask, because our other
1: listeners might not know. Well, <laughs> indeed, I, I understand it's very hard to build a search engine. <laughs> I've heard that.
2: <laughs>
1: um, uh okay. for that mention. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, uh, speaking of being on beta lists, I want to just get a, 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 quick personal note in. Uh, tonight I'm doing, uh, you ever heard of Shindig?
2: I have been to many shindigs. You may be ah, but this to one is this is
1: yeah, this is an online, um, online shindig. Shindig dot It's a video chat platform, and uh, they're just in beta now. But um, I'm doing an open video chat with uh, Alan Connect tonight on social media measurement, social media analytics, and digital marketing. And uh, it's going to be at six at Shindig dot com. Um, it's going to be really neat. I get to, I get to do this stuff in video land. That will be really neat, and I, I hear those are subjects you know a little bit about. <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I threw the link up to a Facebook group where you kind of have to go to to uh, register that you're going to be there. For some reason, Shindig wants to know you're showing up before creating the video feed area. Um, don't quite know how that works, but I do know they say they can stick up to 1,000 people in a video feed. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to be interviewing the founder of Shindig – uh, on Webmaster Radio and Shindig at the same time. Brush your hair that day,
2: eh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, I I I, I plan to wear a shirt to work that day. Oh, yep. Well
2: the sacrifices you will make.
1: I know, eh? <laughs> yeah. What we what we have to do for for uh, propriety. Anyway. Um so that's happening later on tonight at six. Uh in about twenty minutes, we're gonna be back with uh with uh, Gabrielle Wein- Weinberg, founder of DuckDuckGo. And uh, if you were in Los Angeles this week and you were signed up for the um, Google Developers Conference or you're a developer living in the United States who signed up with Google, you can pre-order Google Glasses. Uh, I think they're going to be shipped uh, early 2013. But you want to get your pre-order in now because, oh, my God, wouldn't that be cool to have Google Glasses?
2: It, 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 the the more I'm pre- It's a frightening thing, right? Like, we all know that. And I don't like the the sort of hipster nature of the uh, of the initial commercials that we saw. But that's just personal marketing taste. Um, but, I mean, it, the, the, the more I think about them, right? You, you, you have this device, and then I sort of travel the world and go, hey, that would be handy. Um, the more I want something. Well, I mean, you
1: know, like, any of us can act surprised that this was coming. Since, uh, start, you know what, yet another thing Star Trek has predicted for us comes, low comes true. Uh, this is more than just the we'll call the locutious device, the Borg device. This is like, uh, I mean, Isaac Asimov must have said this was coming. For goodness sake, I bet Jules Verne must have said this was coming. Well,
2: here. Uh, they might have had something in their journey to the center of the earth there, but um, yeah, I think it's it's you know it, there's some privacy concerns. We all know this, right? I mean, yeah. it, how how much do you really want Google to know? But then you know, at the same time, I had to really think about it because there's you know there are there's there's privacy complaints about it and discussions about it and this and that and and rightful that it would, but exactly what what you have to wonder is exactly how much more. Uh, information are you actually passing off? And I started to think about that a little more over the, over the past few weeks. Is How much more data am I actually giving Google? In the real world, what am I actually giving Google that they don't already have? I have an Android phone in my pocket already. Mm-hmm. They know everywhere I am. <laughs> so as long as I don't have say the camera on recording everything that I'm doing, how much more do they really have on me than that? Other than the fact that they now know I really, really like gadgets. <laughs> uh, and that's that's really about the one of the only fundamental pieces of information that that they'll early on be able to glean. I'm sure you know uh, come mid uh, 2013. You know, assuming that the apocalypse doesn't come as well. I would about to say the minds predicted. No, they didn't. They they just ran out of room on the calendar. But no, but um, they did
1: predict Google glasses. They wrote about it. I'm sure of it. <laughs> uh, I think I mentioned last
2: week. I mean, you think about all the phenomenal. Um, integrations that can come uh, from something like Google Glasses, um, and I mean, if if Microsoft can kind of adopt these things a little bit more, right? So it becomes more useful in my day to day use um, and, I mean who knows maybe, maybe they'll, they'll come up with ways of doing it but you think of all the fun things now I'm a gamer so you just apply what you could now do if just Nexus and my Xbox could sync up a little more <laughs> right like, okay no now, I, now I've got a, you know, a, my, my tablet displaying the map and what's around me and I've got the glasses showing me what's coming up behind me I mean you'd be untouchable well until everybody else has them
1: or until, you <laughs> or, you wa- or until you walk through a plate glass window well, that, that,
2: Never that was, came like, first. But okay, I wouldn't be gaming while walking around. To play. <laughs>
1: like, no, but like, that's the whole thing. Of course you would be. You're wearing these glasses. You're in the environment. You're not walking around, brother. You're jumping around. You're swinging your sword. You're doing whatever it is in your gaming environment, and you're doing it like in your living room, 3D, live, running up, moving, and stuff. This is like we squared.
2: You are right. well yeah, and you take uh, you know, the Connect a little only you know, one step further, match it up. But I mean I to me anyways this is a, a really interesting launch and then of course at the same uh at the same conference they announced that uh what is it, Jelly Bean. I don't know where they come up with these naming conventions at all. Um but Android four point one is set for launch in uh mid July. Um it's ready. People, you know, early developers and stuff like that are already playing around with it a little bit more. Um, it's got some really, really great features. It's only 4.1 on the Android, so it's, it's just a few tweaks, but um, I'm looking forward to it. Fortunately, I have a Nexus, so I will be part of the first um, grouping that gets it, and it solves one of the things I hate. Um, and I thought, this, is, this is fantastic. Of course they do, and that is to be able to pull maps offline. Phenomenal, because I go camping. <laughs> and sometimes I'm in areas that don't have... Um, you know, Wi Fi access, and when I don't have cell access, but I, it's still a GPS device. So let me pull my maps offline, and now I can still see, you know, I, I can still navigate around, and can see where I'm on trails and stuff like that. Um, it's just, just a great, you know, just these, these little things that just make it a little bit better. And then, of course, you know, perk for Google, as soon as I'm back in cell range, it's a dump, right? I'm sure. <laughs> they didn't actually say that in the announcement, but okay, now they oh. know where I am when I'm out of range as well.
1: Uh, Undoubtedly. Uh, just a, a, a quick, quick safety note here on web College. You do take a compass with you when you when you go, right? You're not just relying on GPS.
2: <laughs> you know, normally I actually know whereabouts I am, give or take. Um, oh. I, I can always get my way back. Kind of, uh, kind of philosophy. To things. I mean, normally, you know, we're taking marked paths and things like that. But it's just, it's interesting mm. to go look and go, okay, how many. Well, kilometers or miles, depending on where you're listening from. You know, how much further am I, or how far on this path have I gone? I started here. I'm, I'm going here. How much is this distance gap, or you know, these sorts of things? I mean, you know, you, oddly mm. though, yes, I do have a compass.
1: But- <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm asking. It's, it's kind of a personal interest thing too. I got a week in a canoe in Algonquin Park in northern Ontario coming to me, and that's coming to me soon. So uh, that's kind of a personal, personal question too. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Well, that like, was, uh, was enjoy. I, I remember because uh, I went to school over in Ottawa and uh, had a week long uh, camping trip, portaging and all that sort of stuff through Algonquin Park. So, enjoy. yeah, portaging
1: beautiful, for beautiful portaging for those who don't do canoe is putting the canoe on your head and walking across land where there's no water. It's the it sucks. It sucks. It, suck, it sucks <laughs> got, so bad. You got a backpack on your back and a canoe on your shoulders. It's yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Right, like, Moving right along, Uh, happy birthday, Lisa Barone. It's Lisa Barone's birthday today, so if everybody could just jump on Twitter right now and just sort of, like, gag rush Lisa. Hey, at – was it at Lisa, at Lisa
2: Barone?
1: Forget what it is. Anyway, uh, find Lisa Barone on Twitter and say happy birthday to her. Do it all at once. Ha. Um, (laughs) In other news, and we should move pretty quickly. There's two more things I want to talk about. Uh, One of them is – did you see – Geraldine DeRoter's Everywhereist blog post yesterday. I did. Um, that was pretty heavy. Um, she she posted about it, and it's all over Twitter, so it's uh, it's worth talking about, noting on the radio today. Rand Fishkin's wife and uh, blogist at uh, an owner of the Everywhereist blog, uh, Geraldine De DeRoter went in to surgery today for brain to remove a brain tumor named Steve. <laughs> Um, she's probably going to be okay there's no word at this at this hour though I'm still looking at the Twitter feed to see if anything comes up um, but all love to uh, to Rand and Geraldine and uh, and SEO mum and uh, everyone over there at SEO Moz. Um the whole community's thinking of y'all yeah Yeah, and okay.
2: much much uh, much luck through uh, a challenging time and you know RIP to Steve but we'll be sad glad to see him go.
1: Indeed. And if uh over at the webmaster radio uh FM chat room and if you're listening, you should join into the chat room. Um I've just thrown up the link to the Everywhere uh, blog post. It's a touching it's it's actually kind of a beautiful, really romantic post. Um Rand and Geraldine really love each other. So uh, you know. Everyone, great thoughts for, for, for Geraldine in her recovery. Uh speaking of a, that's a recovery that's going to happen. She's going to be okay. Um but there's a recovery that should, but ain't going to happen. I titled this part of the, the segment "Rim Shot, comma Almost Dead." Um, <laughs> but then I just started giggling, and I just I just couldn't go any further. Uh, rumors last week were that Rim Rim was going to be broken in two, and then uh, probably in quarters, and then probably in eighths, and sixteenths, and thirty seconds, etcetera. etc. Um, that rumor got shot down. And the rumor this week is they're just going to die. Christ! <laughs> <sighs> uh, any? Do you have any news? Have you heard anything? I, 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 I oh, haven't.
2: And I mean, there's there's things that are obviously you know high on my radar at this point. It's become a bit to me, except less funny, so it's it's less interesting. Um, it's it's kind of a bit like watching the the latter days of. Yahoo, which I know technically is still an entity, but y- you know what I'm talking about here, where it's just like you're watching this decline of what once was yeah. um, a powerhouse. Um, and it, it's it's kind of like that, where it's just it's one thing after another, after another. And at this point, I'm just kind of, and I'm sure you are too, you're just kind of waiting for it to die.
1: You know what? Um, this, this like it, what... it
2: will go away. It's just how... I mean, and it, it's really, really unfortunate, because they... They were positioned early on to be it. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then they just, you know, I mean, uh, Steve Jobs came in, Google came in, and now they didn't, they didn't keep up. It was their own fault, really. I mean, it was huh. the people sitting there developing their strategy that decided no matter what the rest of the world does, we're going to do it this way. Well, you know, yeah. that, this is what happens.
1: This, you know, what this is going to be a parable in the in the future. Geek parents are going to tell their children, "This is why you got to eat your broccoli." <laughs> you know, this is why you, you you got to take chances and change and maybe develop tastes for something that feels distasteful now, but might actually be really, really good for you if you just dig in and find a way to like it. Um, yeah. Rim didn't do the hard work, and again, I I I don't know why I keep bringing them up. Probably because I've still got this damn BlackBerry on my hip. Um, and that's not going to get any better um, until, of course, I go to, uh, to to grab my own Android device. You know what I'd do if I was the guys at Google? Really, honest to goodness. You know how they're yeah. really going to make money? By controlling the amount of radiation emitted by the Android phone. Because everybody carries their phone in their pants pocket, right? <laughs> so, like, we can – until such time that synthosperm is made, like, Google control population rates. I'd do it if I was them. And then I'd charge world governments to, like, you know, moderate population rates based on food supply. But that's, you know. <laughs> that dude, dude, that to would be. The um, yeah. Just trying to make the world better, Dave. Just trying to make the a little better. <laughs> One ball sack at a time. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> on that, we have to go to break here on Webcology. <laughs> um, on behalf of Dave Davies, who's coughing over there in Victoria, uh, this is Jim Hedger uh, at Dave Davies over at Beanstalk SEO. This is Jim Hedger at Digital Always Media. You're listening to Web on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're coming back with Gabriel Weinberg, founder of Duck Duck Go. Stay tuned, friends. It's going to be a fun segment coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology We'll be back after this short break.
0: Hi, I'm
1: Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of
2: the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop
0: shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Web Culture here at webmasterradio.fm. It is the 28th of June, 2012. French summer is almost gone. And uh, it's uh, 20 minutes after the hour, uh, whatever the heck time it is, if you're listening to the podcast. And we have from DuckDuckGo, you know, uh, I was going to title this, this section... Want to talk to a guy who makes search engines? Question mark because everybody wants to, but you never get a chance to. But today we get to because on the line we have Gabriel Weinberg, founder of DuckDuckGo. Gabriel, welcome to Webcology. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, it's it's an honor. It's like, honestly, we honest we don't often get to actually talk to somebody who makes search engines because like we you know we predominantly we're we're search engine optimization practitioners, and you guys usually don't trust guys like us. <laughs>
3: So what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm just saying hello. I um, I like to talk to everyone, basically.
1: Well, it's uh, it's really cool of you to drop by. Now, DuckDuckGo has been around since the latter part of 2008. Um, wh- wh- in a world dominated by behemoths by by Google and at the time, well, what was Yahoo? And um, you know, the rise. Of, why did you start a search engine?
3: Really out of uh, more personal interest than anything else, I, was, I had uh, sold a previous company and was, was kind of messing around with things I was interested in, and all that happened to be around search, and so I saw some things at the time that kind of bothered me about those big search engines, namely you know, increased uh, kind of not, not regular SEO, but just parked domains and completely mm-hmm. irrelevant sites coming in, and then also they just didn't seem to be using structured content very well. Um, you know, like Wikipedia and Wikia and things like that. And mm-hmm. so I originally started uh, on that angle and just kind of messing around with, with that stuff, not really intending to start a, a kind of a real search engine.
1: Okay, but you did. Um, as it turns out, you do have a, a, a quite a credible search engine. Um, has user growth lived up to... Did you have expectations around user growth?
3: I didn't. So, I mean, I really kind of set out in that direction and... It, it, when I got into it, I felt that those two things I learned, you know, the big search engines don't do for a variety of non-technical reasons but more structural reasons. And so I thought there was room for a smaller player who could who kind of go where they don't go. Um, so I launched it, and, you know, I, I didn't have any expectation that I might not be working on the project a month later. Um, but people took to the concept, and it kind of grew um, slowly but steadily, um, from there. And then you know, we added some other focuses along the way, namely you know, real privacy and lack of clutter. Uh, and, and both of those have kind of become more important over the last couple of years.
1: Well, privacy is one of the tenants uh, or the, 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 the concerns, I guess, that DuckDuckGo is, is, is really known for. Um, why is user privacy important
0: to you?
3: It's interesting, too. Like, when I when I started it, I, uh, I didn't really know much about search privacy, actually. You know, I was kind of just interested in the tech behind search engines and hadn't really thought about the privacy aspects. And then right after we launched, we started getting, you know, emails and comments about questions around search privacy from privacy advocates, like how long are you storing data, what are you doing with IP addresses, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I kind of researched it and then took the approach that, it seemed a bit creepy for us to have all the information, and also I didn't want to be subpoenaed by the government and be in a position to hand over people's personal information. So I personally decided to kind of take it out of our hands.
2: Now, I, I'm going to jump in. Privacy is, is, is fantastic. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, we've talked about privacy a, a large number of times on the show, and, I mean, I, fantastic that it's there. But, of course, to to back that up, you need to be useful, what how do you establish or, or how do you guarantee or, or assure yourself um that your your results are going to be useful to you're going to keep you may get people in with privacy you're going to keep them by by good solid results um how do you go about assuring that you've got a a good set of up to date and, and relevant results for your searchers
3: well you're you're absolutely right um you know, we think that privacy is an interesting way to get people to try out the search engine, but they're not going to stay unless the results are better. Um, and so the main things we focus on are, are, are better results and a better search experience overall. Um, and the way we do that is through way more and better instant answers, uh, way less spam and clutter, um, and just an overall kind of nicer look and feel. We, we try to be kind of like the Apple of search engines.
1: Well, you actually, you actually do curation on search results. Um, are you still removing demand media content, for instance?
3: Yep, and we also do curation on the positive side where we're picking kind of instant answer providers that we think are, are best suited, you know, unlike Google, which you know, is competing for that kind of content.
1: Well, you know, I guess we kind of got to ask, just being who we are, um, Gabriel. What do we got to do? Come on. What, what do we got to do to get placement? <laughs>
3: uh, well, it, it's kind of weird. We're a hybrid search engine, so we have our own indexes, but we also use others. And so not, there's not a really easy answer, but I think the easiest answer is to get in a high-quality instant answer source we use like Wikipedia. But, I mean, people try to do that for everything, so that, that's not really new advice.
1: Um, I don't know if listeners can hear it, but between the uh, Gabriel, Dave studio and I, there is a tremendous echo. So, friends, if you'll bear with us, we want to take a quick commercial break, reset our phone call, get get rid of this echo and get down to a much easier to follow conversation. Uh, on behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. We're joined by Gabriel Weinberg, founder of DuckDuckGo, and we're going to be back after these messages.
0: Join the thousands of search and social media marketers at one of the largest events of the year, SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Learn more at sesconference.com. SES San Francisco 2012 kicks off three days of sessions with a keynote presentation by Google Digital Marketing Evangelist, Avinash Kaushik, speaking about business optimization in a digital age. Check out daily Meet the Expert roundtables where you can take part in intimate and informative discussions with industry icons. And over 70 sessions, a crowded expo floor, on-site training at the ClickZ Academy, the big search engine watch eliminator, goodbye, and webmasterradio.fm search bash, and you'll have SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Register for SES San Francisco 2012 today by clicking on the banner ads from the webmasterradio.fm website, or go now to sesconference.com.
2: RISE links and web indexes.
0: Take a bow to the largest link map in the world.
2: Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com. It's good to
0: be king. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. you know, the host Jim Hedger and Dave Hey
1: everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's now half past the hour. Um, and we're joined by um Gabriel. Sorry about that. My, my mic falling off. Uh we're joined by Gabriel Weinberg, founder of Duck, duck, go. Uh, Gabriel, sorry about the small break there. Um, can everybody hear each other okay? Yeah. Good. Yep. Okay. Now, like the pro wrestling fans we are here in Search, um, we've been looking for the Google killer for years now, and you've been called a Google killer, at least you were in the early days. How does uh, how do comparisons like that sit with you?
3: You know, really, that's not the goal. I mean, our our goal has been to... You know, kind of be a unique alternative in the marketplace, in which I think we're kind of carving out that area and i you know I, I don't know what the upper limit is, but you know I don't think we're going to be killing Google anytime
1: uh yeah well i I always figured Google's going to kill itself you know somehow <laughs> um to you, what is search what's what's important to your users To me, I frame it as
3: getting information as fast as possible with the least mental effort. And so, um, you know, this can get nuanced quickly, but one of the main things I had a problem with with Google originally uh, is that the search result pages don't make that much inherent sense to me. Um, You know, they're not like readable, um, and the snippets aren't terribly readable. And so what happens is people just click forward and back a lot. Um, So what I'd love to do is simplify that whole experience and kind of use structured content to give people information where they don't have to process it um, with that much mental effort.
1: Have you ever thought of working with other search tools? Wolfram Alpha comes to mind.
3: Absolutely. And we actually use Wolfram Alpha a lot. So one of the main things we do is try to take your query and figure out what source out there is best for it, because our, our central premise is that usually the general search engine is not the best tool to answer your query. There's usually a better vertical engine out there, like Wolfram Alpha is a great example for math kind of queries and some other specific queries. And so we'll take that query, we'll try to figure that out on our end, and then route it to Wolfram Alpha, show the answer up top, and then
2: give you traditional link stuff below. Now, a couple times here we've or you've referenced... Um, structured content and this being something that is is better for the searcher. Now, a lot of our listeners come into via podcast. They're not sitting in front of a computer, so they can't see directly what it is right away. For for those of us who don't know, what is structured? Why is this better for the searcher? And what is it?
3: Sure. I mean, so structured content is really anything where um, the text itself is kind of set aside. So, like, let's take an example. Uh, recipes right so if you search for recipes for like um, you know tofu ginger recipes you might just get a bunch of links and snippets that had tofu and ginger on the page somewhere if you were searching a um, structured recipe site someone would have tagged those recipes as tofu and ginger and then you'd actually only get recipes that actually had those ingredients and so, what we'd love to do, and we actually do in the recipe case, is if you type in like tofu ginger, we can recognize those are recipe keywords, send it to a recipe engine, and let them use that data as ingredients. And then they can bring back to us actual pictures of those recipes, and we can structure them in a nice way. Now, I'm
2: actually looking, I, I, as you were speaking, of course, and, in, in my search bar right now is uh, tofu ginger recipes just <laughs> to see exactly what what's going to come up in, in the example that we're listing off here like it you're right it, it matches much more a search set from say all recipes or something like that right it it, it makes good sense to to put it in that way um one of the questions i have if they've noticed like if if something that you lose, You lose on one hand to gain on another, right? Privacy being the, the key that I'm talking about here is, is we want privacy. I understand that. Jim can attest. So we talk about it a lot, like we were talking about earlier on the show today in relation to Google Glasses. But um, what, when you're losing these things, you're losing the ability to sort of do that predictive model of search, right? I mean, Google, because they don't have the same concern – as as you're listing off that you should have a right to to privacy are your users making a trade-off um in relation to now i can't have my results personalized it may not know that when i search up tofu ginger in the future i tend to be looking for recipes um is is there a sort of a trade-off or are there other models coming in where where you're sort of getting a better understanding of how language works and so you're able to do this sort of predictive nature without understanding what i've done in the past specifically
3: Yeah, I think you can do a lot in the aggregate in an anonymous fashion, like you're saying. Um, There hasn't been much compelling evidence that the personalization has been uh, super useful to date. Um, In in the future, maybe it will get there, and our kind of take on that is to do opt-in. So Google and and kind of the criticism there is that everything – it's automatic personalized. They're storing your information and tracking you. You have to opt out, and opting out is is actually quite difficult. For us, you know, if you want to do something in a personalized nature, and, and we don't have that today, but if we were to do that in the future, you would have to
2: explicitly opt in and consent to that. Now, you're in one of the most difficult games in the world and that's just, you know, sort of long and short, the search engine game, it is is tough because you're constantly having to be better, faster, more, right? I want a bigger index, I want it... I want my results faster. I want more accurate results. What do you do on a daily basis and, and, you know, ongoing to try and keep up with all of this? Like, uh, what is it that you're launching? How do you, uh, sort of go through new feature launches and things like that? And how do you test them out? Uh, as Jim noted, we don't get search engines on here, a lot of representatives from them. So it's, it's fantastic to be able to go, what do you do to keep up? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're, you're absolutely right. It's very fast paced, right? So, um,
3: we're constantly developing new features and testing them with existing users, but to answer your question on a higher level, we've kind of embraced the open source movement, and we're trying to develop a series of open source platforms where developers and, and webmasters across the world can plug into our platform and actually make plugins that put instant answers above our search results. And our hope is over time that becomes like a real community and produces great results um, that helps us you know compete long term with the big guys.
1: Where do you pull some of your feeds from? Um, do you have and do you have your own spider that's out there uh, just toiling away spidering the web?
3: We are a hybrid, so we actually do do a bunch of crawling, but then we also use. You know all the ones you've heard of, except Google for a link results, and then we have, like we were talking about Wolfram Alpha earlier. We have now like over hundred sources for these kind of special links and instant answers, um, and that's growing daily.
1: Um, are you taking data from ODP, from uh, open source, I'm sorry, from the Open Directory?
3: Um, you know, we were using the Open Directory, and then we kind of stopped because it's kind of been stagnant for a long time. As I'm sure you know.
1: Oh, indeed, it's uh, it's an important question for SEOs. Uh, OD uh, Open Directory used to rewrite our titles, rewrite our meta descriptions, and cause just absolute havoc in what in results that Google were displaying. So that's always a always an important question. Um, would you be tempted to move away from absolute user privacy if that if your revenue model were affected by that if advertisers started asking to you know personalize search
3: not really i mean so it's pretty core to what we're doing but to kind of answer your question a little differently the revenue in search is really heavily tied to the intent of the um, query and so you know if you type in mortgage you get a mortgage ad that's sort of the bulk of the you know the the value is there in that intent the all the tracking and stuff that Google is doing and the, their new privacy policy around advertising is mainly to get you to use that search history on other properties because you know because they run YouTube and Gmail and Android um, and so we don't have any of those other properties so that's not much of a concern to us
1: well, looking forward into the future, uh, facilitating mobile search, um, getting into various social media applications. Uh, do you have any plans to uh, change DuckDuckGo? To, again, to, to get into uh, either new technologies or new platforms that users are, are employing?
3: Absolutely. So we have apps now on Android and iOS, and they're They're kind of standard. Um, I mean, people like them, they work good, but they're not, you know, they're kind of a different view to our mobile web site, which works fine too, and we get about 50-50 split between them. So now we're kind of rethinking all that and trying to come out with more interesting apps that take advantage of those platforms. Um, We hope to kind of release something there by the end of the year. Um, The other thing is like the the, Instant Answer platform I was talking about, which is at um, duckduckhack.com. That works great on mobile because it's just all sorts of instant answers, and what better is instant answers on the phone? So we're hoping to get those into the mobile
2: experience. Now, you note on your, of course, prior to the interview, I'm like, oh, I want to learn all, this, all that I can, go to the about page and that sort of thing, just to, just to make sure I understand what, you're, what you have done, what you are doing, all that sort of stuff. Um, one of the things well there's, there's a couple points, that I love your about page because it's really short and to the point which I love. There's, it's not this long-winded page. It's like four bullet points and, and you know a, a place to get more information if you want it. Um, now, two of them are at the time, and I mean, I'm going to ask you about goodies, which is the third in the point, but I'll, I'll save that. Um, you know way more instant answers. Now, we, we know, it, and I think your, um, your tofu ginger recipes is a good example here, but we know that other search engines, and you know, we all can think of examples, have tried, but now you're doing more how do you go about it? Is, is this related to the fact of the, the privacy and that you're make, able to make more global assumptions about people rather than trying to, to get specific, which may actually make it more difficult to answer people's questions in some instances? Or are you just better at it? Yeah, you know, I think we're, we're even thinking of changing that phrase to better instant
3: answers. But there's two aspects of that. One is I think for most queries, like even up to 80%, You'd be better served from an instant answer from some vertical search engine than than just getting link results. Um, not that it'll totally, not that you won't click on links, but there's some useful piece of information that you could add context to your search. And so, no search engine is really displaying that at the moment. And so, we're trying to get there first. The other aspect of it is Google and Bing. They started showing more. Um, kind of contextual answer information, but they're always doing it on the right column, which, you know, hardly anyone looks at basically. And they're, they're doing that, I think, because they don't want to reduce their ad clicks. But we're willing to, you know, kind of put instant answers on top where they, where
2: we think they belong. <laughs> we're a little crazy, crazy notion, sort of catering to the user. It's, it's nutty. It just might work. Um, On your second point, and this leads to a big question, and it ties into something you'd said earlier. Um, The second of the bullet points on the About page is that you offer way less spam and clutter. Now, you had touched earlier, and I think that may lead to what you had just said. You're trying to put the content where it belongs. I mean, you touched on earlier, you know, blocking, um, you know, specific properties that you just know aren't good. Um, You know, sort of boosting up properties that you know are a good chance are going to provide some... good relevant content or you know that is a reliable source of information how much time is spent actually manually dealing with website adjustments like that like making sure that you know we know these properties and actually going in and going this property is good it should rank for things related to this phrase
3: very little on the aggregate sense so we have a kind of massive crawling network that like detects these parked domains and, and gets rid of them. And then we we manually block very few sites, but that's basically based on lots of user complaints. The most editorial kind of manual stuff is is helping people craft good search plugins, uh, these, these instant answer plugins. And that's kind of selecting the best source in a, in a kind of a type of query. And, and it may be multiple sources for, for one type of query that we merge. Um, But that actually takes a lot of care and kind of which source has the best information and how to display it best and stuff like that.
1: I'm curious how you work on such a scale with such a small company. In uh, Time Magazine uh, towards the end of 2011, you were named one of the 50 best websites of 2011 and they note in their write-up on you that you have only one full-time staff member. Uh, is, Is that still true? Um,
3: we have more now. So at the end of last year, we took our first um, institutional financing from Union Square Ventures. The same backers are like Twitter and Foursquare. Um, and after that, I hired uh, a few more people. So we're uh, five full-time now, which is, which is still obviously way smaller compared to the tens of thousands of people at uh, Google and Microsoft. Um, and, and the, the real answer to your question is, you know, we're trying not to do what past search companies have done that have failed and spend all our money on servers and crawling and that kind of stuff, and instead do this hybrid approach where we focus on ways that we think we can improve the experience and not and treat the rest as something that we can get elsewhere.
1: Has your approach to the search engine uh, changed since you received the funding?
3: Not really. It was more that I was, so I had kind of self-funded for a few years and I had realized that I was kind of capitally starving the business and there were all these things that, um, the time is a great example of time, uh, quote that you mentioned, you know, our search editor got to a point where it was obviously resonating with people. And so there were a ton of things that we could do better that we had already been doing. And, you know, I just couldn't do that
2: with the, the small staff I had. Now, Jim mentions the, the time, I mean, you've been written up in, in numerous magazines and periodicals and websites, sort of touting the the benefits, you know, top 50 websites, this, that, the other thing. Obviously, these are great user acquisition points. I mean, that's, you know, there's nothing going to get your attention more than, than making a, a recommended list of websites from a, a top resource what are your other plans? How, how do you go about acquiring, like in, in this is uber competitive field, how do you go about attracting and acquiring users? Is it mostly word of mouth or are, are there other things that you can end up doing that can, uh, you know, sort of, do you have acquisition strategies or do you just build a really, really good thing and make sure that the editors of important places know how, what you're doing and, and, and what differentiates you from others? Yeah, I mean it's, it's 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 really interesting. I mean, in the
3: search space, um, it's really hard to get traditional distribution channels because Microsoft and Google really bid up those and really out of range for any startup. So you have to do something different. Word of mouth has been a big part of us, probably fifty percent. Um, another twenty five percent has been um, our kind of own marketing. We've done some kind of innovative privacy um, marketing to try to get the word out about search privacy. And then the other 25%, yeah, I'd say, you know, going on shows like yours um, and just having people hear about it.
2: Now, it's something, I'm going to go a bit disjointed, but I want to make sure, and I know we only got a few minutes left, um, and and you refer to them on your site as goodies. What is a goodie? Well, I wonder if you like that name, first
3: of all. Maybe there's a better name. (laughs) Goodies are um, instant answers, and they call them goodies because they often happen um, you know ser- you know serendipitously, where you type in a search and you get this instant answer and you know you like it, so it's kind of a goodie. <laughs> but tofu ginger is a good example, right? So we were talking about earlier, you could type in tofu ginger recipes and you'd expect to get recipes. So you could also just type in tofu ginger, and we'll also pop that recipe into an answer.
1: That's pretty cool. Um, but Gabriel, you opened the door, and I've got to ask. Um, you asked about liking the name of goodies, and I, I want—I want to go back to basics. Um, duck, duck, go. But I don't think any of us get it. it, it are we supposed to get it? it is, is there something there to get?
3: <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> I, you know, like. I just liked the name. It popped into my head one day. It was not related to search in any particular way. Besides, you know, you could make a case for Go. But, um, you know, I just kind of liked it.
1: Okay. And that, that's, that's, honestly, that's way cool. Because, I mean, in this results oriented, like, uh, 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 you know, focus group world we live in, that's amazingly refreshing.
3: Yeah, no focus group.
1: <laughs> Have you uh does it is the name an impediment? Uh does it make a difference?
3: Um oh sorry, say that again?
1: Well I'm 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 wondering in this focus group centered world, is I mean it's it's a very irreverent name, Duck Duck Go. Is that a hindrance to you at all? Yeah, I don't know.
3: I mean I, I think that people resonate with kind of the irreverence of the whole brand, right? And so the name is part of it. And also, you know, our privacy angle comes into that and just the look and feel that we kind of put associated with the name. So I think I think yes, definitely.
1: Is uh, is going to work every day still a lot of fun?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I This is the best... Um,
2: now I, I'm going to jump in there, and it, it's it's an interesting one. It, before I would use DuckDuckGo, of course. I mean, you, you can't hear a, as an SEO or internet marketer, you can't you know read the hoopla here and there and all over the place and not go, okay, I gotta I gotta try this thing out. Um, but it was while I was doing the prep that I got deeper and deeper into the site and ended up in your tech goodies area. Um, I love the name goodies, by the way. I, I do think that's actually probably a good call. Um, I mean, there's there's just wax and wax of stuff in there. Like I, I wish this had existed back when I was in high school and college. But um what, what else you have to, I mean if for 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 our listeners who have never been there, go into the into the goodies area and then go into the tech goodies. There's it's just I wouldn't even bother trying to get into all the stuff that's there, but it is really awesome. Um but what what more can you do? I mean, you must have plans for hey, we want to add some more cool stuff. Hey, we want to add some more resources that are going to make this a a necessary thing for some people. I mean, I, I know I would have added this to my bookmarks if, you, if you'd caught me back when I was doing calculus uh, and, and and things like that. What what more can you do to to attract um, you know sort of people and, and the kind of stick time that I think you are on these pages?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of only scratching the surface there, which is why we started doing this platform where other people can make them because we don't know the best ones. And I'll, I'll give you some examples. Like someone just started making a plugin for Lego parts, yeah. you know, so people – Legos <laughs> with their kids, I'm assuming, and other things, but, yeah. um, you know, there's all these parts and people make these things and they type the parts in the search engines and usually no results come up or no good results. And so this plugin will show the part, a picture of it, and a description and then a link to the right place. And so I see, you know, thousands of niches like that. You know, you can think of, like, bioinformatics, um, obviously uh, SEO professionals, um, but you know, other things that are more mainstream like foodies, you know, recipes got to the surface, but you could type in calories and saturated fat and, and, and get all that kind of information. So I see that tech page, you know, as replicated eventually, you know, 50 times and you go to the, the SEO page and the foodie page and the gamer page and there's different goodies for each category.
1: Okay, uh, Gabriel, we're down to our last few minutes. This may well be the last question. Um, our listeners are, we- are predominantly webmasters or search marketers, but people who are uh, creating websites and creating uh, publishing content. What apps, APIs, um, goodies, uh, how can webmasters use tools or features of DuckDuckGo to improve their user experiences?
3: That's interesting. So that platform of instant answers and goodies we actually have an open api that's free it's at api.duckduckgo.com and you can you know use that to improve your own own site um and then the other way is if you are a webmaster and you have you know good instant answers for a particular domain you can go to duckduckhack.com and start making a plugin that's
1: excellent um Gabriel Weinberg, founder of DuckDuckGo. We're gonna we're gonna want to have you back again sometime. It's been uh, it's been great spending time with you and, and and meeting you in this environment. Um thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, friends, that was uh, Gabriel Weinberg, founder of DuckDuckGo. Um hey Dave, you know um they're located in Valley forge Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. There was a times uh that try men's souls joke in there. We never got it in. So close. <laughs> Because I bet you there has to have been. I mean, like, could you imagine developing a search engine? No. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mind-blowing task. So it is one minute till the end of the show, 60 whole seconds. Anything you want to say, dude? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, you know what? I, I think it, 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 it was a great episode. Now. And I think something, and I'll just remind, uh, remind all of our listeners, all of us spend a lot of our time um, you know, figuring out, complaining about search engines, figuring out ways to, to work around algorithms and this and that. I think uh, to, to Gabriel and, and to the to the people who build the other search engines for us, I think it, it's good to take a moment to really appreciate the massive amount of work that they put in um, so that we can find the information we're looking for and help our clients get found um, by people looking for their information and, and, and appreciating the work that goes into that. While we complain about it a lot, it's a lot of work. And so when they, you know, cause little glitches, let's just, you know, remember as, as Jeremiah Andrick said, it is really hard to build one and, and hat tip to Gabriel for, for managing to, to create a great product with a lot of fun stuff. And I know I'll be putting around in the goodies a lot more now that, uh, now that I know the tech ones are
1: there. Oh, for sure. This, there's, there's some fun things to use on our websites. Anyway, friends, you've been listening to web college here on webmasterradio.fm. Uh, Later on today, around 6 p.m., check out shindig.com or go to that Facebook link that I put up in the uh, chat room. Live video chat on social media. Web calls, you'll be back at this time next week. I'm not sure what we're going to be doing, but I am sure it's going to be a lot of fun. Stick around webmasterradio.fm. Lots of fun content coming up after the news.